When you are down, lift your head off the ground. There's a lot to be learned, so look around. Once there was a silly old ant, thought he'd move a rubber tree plant. Anyone knows an ant can't move a rubber tree plant, but he had high hopes. He had high hopes. He had high apple pie in the sky. Hope so when you start to feel it low, stand up, let him go. Just remember that ant. Whoop, there goes another rubber tree. Up there goes another rubber tree. Whoop, there goes another rubber right. tree. Welcome into another episode of the 610 Podcast. I'm Jay Hollihan, and we are back here tonight. It's late on Thursday evening. I figured I'd record this and put it out late at night as the majority of the three out of the four games out west for the Phillies in Arizona all finished up pretty much at night and took away um, from a lot of sleep for a lot of Philadelphia folks. So, if you were listening after the Los Angeles Dodgers series to that episode here on the 610 podcast, you heard me really kind of plead with the Phillies to win their first series in Arizona since 2016. Did I think it was going to happen? Honestly, no. I was hopeful, but I didn't think it was really possible. The Phillies have struggled out in Arizona. They struggled against the Diamondbacks um, when they came to town not too long ago, and I thought that probably history would repeat itself there. But they did the opposite. They took three out of four. I thought the starting pitching would struggle. It was good. I mean, two out of your four starting pitchers were pretty dang solid. I'm pretty sure the only one that didn't give up an earned run was Ranger Suarez, but we'll get into that in a moment. We'll start off here with Game 1, where the Phillies lost 9-8 to the Diamondbacks. Now, this was a bullpen game. Matt Strom started it off going two and two-thirds. He allowed three earned runs. Then it was Junior Marte who took the baton. He allowed two earned runs off four hits in an inning and a third pitched. Then it was Dylan Covey going an inning and a third, allowing two hits, two earned runs, and was tagged with the loss. Then Andrew Vasquez tried giving it a go, and he went an inning and two-thirds, gave up three hits and two earned runs. And then they brought in Jeff Hoffman, who did the best when in inning without giving up any hits, any earned runs, struck out two Diamondbacks. So let's just talk about something historical then that happened. JT Realmuto hits for the cycle. The first Phillies player to do so since David Bell did, and this really dates it, against the Montreal Expos. And I believe 2004 was the Expos last year playing in Montreal. That's how long it was. Back in June of 2004, ladies and gentlemen, was the last time a Philadelphia Philly hit for the cycle. And in the last two seasons, 
two different players on the Marlins and the St. Louis Cardinals hit for the cycle. I mean, come on. You know, it, it was they've been close time and time again, but no one could break through. And I think even this season, um, I think it was was a Trey Turner was close, or maybe it even was JT Real Muto was close at another time, but I think it was it may have been Trey Turner. But JT got it done. Um, so congrats to him, and he was 0 for 13 heading into that night. And he ended up going 4 for 4 again. Home run, double, triple, single. I don't know why I just did it in that order. But there you go. I mean, he was huge. And unfortunately, the pitching didn't live up to it. Now, I wanted to... um, The Phillies were up at one point 5-1 in this game. Then Covey lost the lead for them. Then they trailed... 9-5 9-5 in the 6th. They came back after Harper doubled to center, played at Schwarber, then Bohm singled to right, played at Bryce Harper, and then Stott singled to right in the ninth to play JT. This was so just un- un- unprofessional by the umpire the first base ump and the home plate ump. And I'm talking about Cody Clemens, what everyone thought was a home run, except for most people that kind of saw the trajectory of the ball. I, for one, when I was watching it, thought to myself, that's not a home run. That went foul. Unless it clanked off the pole, the the foul pole. But I'm watching him sprint around the bases. So I'm like, did it hit off the foul pole? Ruben Amaro Jr. saying, hold on, wait a minute. And Cody Clemens comes home, crosses home plate, and heads into the dugout. And you're thinking to yourself, did, did he just hit a home run? Did he just do it again? Did he just give the Phillies a 10-9 to lead? Like, what is going on here? Then the umpire crew overturns the call, calls it a foul ball, Rob Thompson, in what I thought was an effort to calm Cody Clemens down, reset his focus, decided to challenge it, and maybe also just tried to put a a last-ditch effort in there to let the umpire crew um, take another look and see if maybe it hit off the foul pole by, by some grace of God. It didn't. And Thompson even went out to go have a you know, come out and get an explanation, I think, to kind of further give Clemens some more time. But it was all for naught as Clemens went out there and swung and foul-tipped and then was tagged out, struck out, and that was the ball game. But like I said, how unprofessional. Neither the umpires around... You have a first base ump, a second base ump, and a third base ump. None of them wanted to stop Clemens, get in his way, say, hey, kid, hold on a minute here we think it may have been foul hold on a second don't keep jogging around the bases you know at least so he's not i mean he's pumping his fist he's getting the dugout into it i mean he was so fired up heading around first it fired me up sitting here I'm like holy you know what he just he just gave them the lead they're up 10-9 they were just down 9-5 unbelievable i mean what what is going on here you know what is this team and it was all for naught so that was game one. 
And I just recapped that it's taken me seven minutes now to get to game two. So this is probably going to be a bit of a longer um, longer episode. But this was a four-game series. A lot to unpack here. Game two, I thought going into it was going to be um, interesting. You got Zach Wheeler on the bump. He just had a good start against the Tigers. He just had a good start... Um, yeah, against the Tigers, and you thought, okay, can he make it back-to-back good starts? And he does. Six innings pitched, only gave up four hits, seven strikeouts. His ERA is now down to a 3.73. Only gave up one earned run. And you think to yourself, wow. But he wasn't really the sole story. The sole story was the offense. Kyle Schwarber, right from the first... His first at-bat gave them the lead, and then they kept adding on. They were up 4 nothing at the end of the first, 6 nothing at the end of the third. Third, Bryson Stott with a 401-foot homer to right to put him up 7 nothing. Then they take an 8-1 lead in the seventh. Then 11-2 off of JT, who continued his hot stretch in Arizona. When it was all said and done, the Phillies won 50. 15- to three and we're a game back from being 500 and how many times have we seen them at this point in the last week be one game away from getting to 500 one game away and then they it would they'd fall right on their face the the next game and you just were like man ranger suarez you gotta hope he does something here but they really handed it to the diamondbacks in that game 20 hits wow Wow. Then game three. And again, I thought to myself, Ranger looked good against the Dodgers. Got a no decision in that game. Looked good against the Nationals. Wound up getting the win. Now in this one against the Diamondbacks, is he going to be able to do it three straight games? Is he really going to be able to do it? Are the Phillies finally going to get to 500? First time in a month since... They won on the game that won them the series against the Rockies. I think it was the game that won them the series against the Rockies. It may have been that first game against the Rockies, so don't quote me there. But I thought to myself, man, there might be a good chance that they fall right on their face. And they don't do that. Ranger Suarez was awesome. Seven innings pitched, four hits, seven strikeouts, even when he had runners on. I mean, he would get double play, ground balls. He was awesome. His ERA is now down to a 3.82, ladies and gentlemen. Way down from where it was, um, I think, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, you looked at it and you're like, oh, man, that is really high. Now it's back down. And I thought to myself, man, he's doing good. And then the offense... Put him up 3-0 with a couple of uh, lucky hits, one could say. And JT Real Muto with a bomb to left to, you know, give you some insurance. We go to the 8th. I tuned in when Sir Anthony Dominguez had runners at 1st and 2nd, no outs. And I was like, okay, settle back in, make your pitches. He got a fly out. To second, I believe, and then a fl- and then a pop fly to center, which Marsh raced in and made the catch. Two gone. And I'm like, okay. 
But now you got to deal with Christian Walker. Quickly in the count, I think he had him behind 0-2. But he got him to 1-2, and and then JT called for a ball that was off the plate, away, and he's on his one knee. And then the ball bounces up, and JT can't squeeze it, goes to the backstop, runners move up. Second and third, both in scoring position. The next pitch sails 427 feet into the left field stands. And that just took all the wind out of my sails. I couldn't even imagine being the Phillies. I couldn't even imagine being Ranger Suarez for that matter. And I'm like, oh my God, get Sir Anthony out of here. That's a pretty much exactly what Thompson did. Put in uh, Gregory Soto. He finished out the frame. And we're tied at three. Whole new ball game. Craig Kimbrell does his thing in the eighth. Um, or in the ninth, excuse me. We head to extras. Now here's where things got kind of fun. So Brandon Marsh, automatic runner on second. Um, Kyle Schwerber steps up, pops up to the catcher in foul territory. Like, you know, all right, great. You're kind of sitting there like, my goodness, you got to move the runner over. Then Trey Turner steps up, and he sends one into shallow right, down the right field line. And giving chase was um, Pedromo on the Diamondbacks, as well as uh, Smith in right field. And I believe Pedromo, he was calling for the ball, he was waving off Smith, Smith still coming in, and they collide, and the ball gets away. It spills away. Marsh goes to third. If he kind of would have read it a little bit better, he may have gone home, but I think to be safe, Dusty just kind of held him there. And Trey sprinted to second. Um, Are you kidding me at this point? You know, you think to yourself, what in the world is going on? I mean, that was like, and I didn't, I forgot about this. I don't know how, but Corbin Carroll, that was like the night before where Corbin Carroll made a catch with uh with one out he thought it was the end of the inning and there were actually two outs he thought he was heading back to the dugout and then jt sprinted home great job by jt um beautiful job reading that but you're just kind of thinking to yourself oh my goodness how are the diamondbacks how do they have the best record in the national league with defense like this i mean and instantly i thought to myself when i saw nick castellanos come up i was like How many times have I sat there and watched a Phillies game over the last couple years where this type of thing happened to the Phillies? Maybe not exactly, but trust me, Alec Bohm would, you know, have an error at third that would, you know, airmail over Reese Hoskins or Reese Hoskins would struggle with underhanding a, a ground ball to first or make a mistake trying to get a double play to second and gave teams extra outs and they would take advantage. I thought to myself, Castellanos, you get a pitch to hit. You got to bang it. First pitch, he bangs it to center field. Tagging up his Brandon Marsh, they have a 4-3 lead. And then Alvarado comes in. Things got a, maybe a little hairy there. But he got the job done. And every pitch was over 100 miles per hour. It was insane. And the Phillies win 4-3, back to 500 in one of the most painful ways ever. Now we get to today. 5-4 Phillies win, and it started off 
with a Bryson Stott bomb to right. Then Trey Turner played it a run. Then Bohm doubled to deep center field to play Stott. They're up 3-0. Similar position you were in the day before, kind of a little early on. But then Aaron Nola falls apart in the third. Gives up four runs, lets Marte um, have a homer. Then the Phillies offense picks him up. Schwarber doubles to right, Stubbs scores, Harper singles to left, Schwarber scores, and you're just like, my goodness, they have a 5-4 lead. Aaron Nola, don't blow it. And he came right back and fired away. I mean, he was so much better after that. I was like, I was ready to, sh- to ship him out. I mean, I've been ready to ship him out for kind of a while now. I've been airing it out. But he was much better today. Nine strikeouts. If it wasn't for the one inning, I mean, he, you would be saying, wow, this was a great performance by Aaron Nola. This was probably his best performance of the season, the best he's looked. Gregory Soto then came in for Nola, and I don't really know what happened there when he allowed that walk. Why I was watching and was wondering why in the world there was a ball that was called. And like uh, McCar- uh, Tom McCarthy and Ruben Amaro Jr. in the booth, I as well thought it may have been with the Garrett Stubbs um, error down the second, which I think the error should have gone to Trey Turner, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I thought maybe that was called a ball and it wasn't, but I was pretty sure the home plate ump called it a strike. Not sure exactly what happened there, um, but regardless, Gregory Soto comes in. He ends the frame on a strikeout, and... We head to, um, what was it at this point? The the eighth, I believe. And Soto gets the, allows a hit. And I think at this point was when Rob brought in Sir Anthony. And like, oh boy, here comes Sir Anthony. Um, this was with one out. So Soto I had gotten, um, gotten an out up until that point. It may have been a fly out. Anyways, Sir Anthony comes in. And you look at who he's facing first, and you're like, oh my goodness. Like, how, how are you going to, I mean, I was like, what is Rob thinking here? I get it, you know, from a, the standpoint of, you don't really have anyone. You knew you probably wouldn't have Jose Alvarado, but you're just kind of like, man, how are we going to do this again? We're going to put in Sir Anthony against Christian Walker, and he strikes him out. Then Guriel comes in. He strikes him out. Like, what in the world? I, I was just talking to my dad before saying they need to send Sir Anthony down. And here's Sir Anthony going right at Christian Walker and doing a heck of a job. Then Craig Kimbrell comes in. And on a couple of miscues there, not paying attention to the pitch clock or at Different times, I kind of thought it was to strategy. He gets it done, and the Phillies are above 500 for the first time since the Rocky series. They're above 500. Oh my goodness. On another West Coast trip, you go back above 500, and here you are at this point in the season feeling pretty good about things right now now let's take a look at what's to come 
The Phillies will be taking on the Oakland Athletics in Oakland um, to finish up this road trip. A three-game set, which starts tomorrow night, which has Taiwan Walker on the mound. We'll get into kind of more of the matchups in a bit, but I just really want to go at it here with the uh, taking a look at the Oakland A's. Um, they lost their last two straight, but before, they were riding a win streak. They were... Seven on a seven-game win streak, they swept out the Brewers. They took two out of three from the Pirates. They split against the Rays. So, as much as people, I'm sure, are saying, "Oh, it's just the the A's," don't think that way. Because how many times have we seen it in the past with the Phillies? Trust me. Last year, 2021, when they got swept by the Diamondbacks. Last year, when they got swept by the Cubs twice and struggled constantly against the Giants. Saw it this year. You know, the Phillies have a tendency to struggle um, against teams that everyone kind of writes off. Well, here you are in kind of a similar situation. The Oakland A's have 19 wins coming into this series. So you'd like to think, okay, you know, the Phillies will, you know, do whatever. Please don't think that way. Be prepared for whatever. This is not... The Phillies team of the, you know, the Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard days where they would just go out and they knew they were better than teams and they'd pummel them. This isn't that Phillies team. Now, I, I wish it was. I really wish it was. I've been pleading for it, but these guys are a little different. They make you sweat a little bit more. So, here's what we have for the next three games. Starting for the Phillies, you got Taiwan Walker. 4.67 ERA um, is what he has coming into this game. His last two outings against the Tigers went seven innings against the Dodgers, went five innings, gave up two hits in either um, either appearance, appearances. So I'd like to see him do that again against Oakland. Saturday is what I really want to talk about. So Christopher Sanchez, I believe, was taken off the um roster in lehigh and is not set to make another start i believe christopher sanchez will be making that start saturday against the ace this is an opportunity that christopher sanchez has been waiting for i believe he has a serious opportunity here to be the fifth guy in the rotation and i'm not saying it's going to happen but i'm just saying he has the opportunity for it to happen. It'd be pretty nice if it would because the Phillies desperately need someone to come in and be an inning eater. He's had a 5.53 ERA in his career and he has a 6.23 ERA this season in the one outing that he pitched um, for the Phillies. So as crazy as it sounds for him to become that fifth starter, look, it's it can't be much worse than what we have seen. I mean, kind of a knock on wood there, but, you know, it, it really can't be. I don't know if they're going to go for another bullpen game. Maybe Christopher Sanchez comes in and only goes three innings. Then they go to Matt Strom, and then it's kind of, let's see where we're at, how much of the bullpen we really need to eat up at this point. But hopefully we'll see... Um, a much more consistent, which I, I actually wouldn't be opposed to that idea. Let Christopher Santa, Sanchez come in for three. Let Matt Strom handle the next three, where I think 
he kind of fits in best with this bullpen um, pitching between the fourth and the sixth inning. I think that's a good slot for Matt Strom. And then Sunday, it's Zach Wheeler's turn. Now, Zach Wheeler's had two really good outings. Let's see if he can make it three in a row against the Oakland A's. Would be really huge for this team. Now, the Oakland A's counter with J.P. Sears, a 4-1-5 ERA um, in his last outing against the Milwaukee Brewers, when five innings pitched, gave up two earned runs off six hits, had five strikeouts. And then next up on Saturday is James Caprillion, a 6-8-9 ERA in his last outing against the Tampa Bay Rays, went six innings pitched, gave up three earned runs off, five hits, four strikeouts. The A's won that game. This That was this past Monday. And then previous Tuesday, they beat the Pirates 11-2 in his previous outing. Caprillion um, went six innings pitched as well. Gave up only one earned run off four hits and only had one strikeout. So, even though he has a 6.89 ERA, last two outings have been pretty good. And then Hogan Harris, a 4.84 ERA in his previous outing against the Rays, which was on Tuesday. Went seven innings pitched, gave up one earned run off four hits, two strikeouts. And then previous outing was June 7th against the Pirates. Five innings pitched, three earned runs off four hits, and two strikeouts for Harris so that's the upcoming matchups for the Phillies as they go up against the Oakland A's last time I can't remember the last time the Phillies played the A's out in Oakland and um so it's going to be kind of kind of interesting to see them out there now let's take a look at the standings so in the NL East Phillies are in third. They're eight games back on the Braves. They're three games back on taking second place from the Miami Marlins. Um, And then in the wild card standings, Phillies currently sit in fourth place, so a game and a half back on the San Francisco Giants. And then um, the Marlins sit in second, and in first for the NL wild card is the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, let's see what can happen this weekend for the fight in Phils. Um, and I believe this is where we're going to end it. I can't remember if I had anything else. We're at the 25-minute mark. I've been talking now for 25 straight minutes. I think this is enough for the recap of the Arizona Diamondbacks and a look ahead for this upcoming series against the Oakland A's. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you hear that, the song is back. Dancing on my own is back. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'll see you next time on Sunday talking about the Philadelphia Phillies. Take care. There's a big black sky over my tongue. I know where you're in a bit, she's a broken